The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. If a person keeps on sinning, will this cause him to die eternally? How does a thought or a temptation progress into sin? We will be talking about these things coming right up. Thank you for joining us today on Grace in Focus. Grace in Focus is the podcast and broadcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society in North Texas. We exist to promote free grace theology, and you can find out more about us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. Now with today's discussion, here is Bob Wilkin. Welcome to Grace and Focus. I'm Bob Wilkin, and I have a great question here from Max about James 1.15. Let me read James 1.15, and then I'll read Max's question. James says, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And here's Max's question. He says, the gotquestions.org ministry interprets James 1.15 to say that a Christian falling into a sinful lifestyle will lose their salvation. See, quote, below. And this is uh, the quote he provides. Sin is the great destroyer of lives. James explains that sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to sin. When a person persists in a lifestyle of sin, he will eventually experience eternal death and separation from God. And then he says, can you guys explain this and correct me if I'm wrong? I do not understand the, the uh, answer you read to be saying that a Christian can lose their salvation. I understand what they're saying to be that if a Christian falls into a persistent lifestyle of sin, he will be eternally condemned either because he proves he wasn't saved in the first place, which is the typical Calvinist explanation or the old line Calvinist explanation or the new line Calvinist explanation is he will fail to obtain final salvation. He has initial salvation, which is by faith, but final salvation is by faith plus works and he will fail to win that. I'm not sure which way this one is going, but I would bet that uh, this is a Calvinist explanation. But either way, let me explain what James is saying here. James is not saying anything about everlasting life and everlasting death. He's talking about physical life and physical death. For example, starting in verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation, or actually the word is could be translated trials. So he's beginning this section talking about blessedness in this life. And then he says, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Now, some people interpret crown of life here to refer to ruling with Christ in the life to come and fullness of life in the life to come. Zane Hodges thinks that based on the context, this is talking about blessings in this life. And this crown of life is fullness of life here and now. I think Hodges is correct, especially in light of what follows. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Notice the word desires. But when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, this is all in the context of blessedness, and it's all in the context of the crown of life. And so I think what James is talking about is two possible outcomes in the life of a believer. One is blessedness, one is fullness of life and a great joy, and the other is a life that's going to ultimately result in physical death. It's interesting, verse 15 is clearly a picture that envisions conception, birth, growth, death. So notice you have, when desire has conceived. So a person has a desire, sometimes understood as lust in Scripture. And this desire comes to the point of conception. Luther used to say you can't keep the birds from flying overhead, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair. I think that's the idea here. We all have sinful thoughts, but those thoughts or desires do not become sin until they're conceived. And they're conceived when they go beyond just a thought, but to something that we're now lusting after. And he says, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. So the point here is, when we lust after something then that itself becomes sin. Just like if we have hatred in our heart towards someone, that in itself is the sin of murder, even if we haven't yet murdered someone. If we lust after someone, then that in itself is immorality, even if we have not yet committed sexual immorality. So he says, sin... When desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This is the biblical principle that God judges sinfulness, and he judges sinfulness based on its fullness. We see this individually, and we see this nationally. James is talking here individually, and he's saying that when a person's sins are filled up, then that person is going to die prematurely. And so someone who has been indulging in a sinful lifestyle can expect that they will die prematurely. There are sins unto death that lead to swift death, like Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, or Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10. But for the most part, People die prematurely due to sin that occurs over time. God gives plenty of time for people to turn from their wicked ways, like the prodigal son in Luke 15. He was in the far country. He's in the place of death. But he comes to his senses and comes back to his father and escapes that path. And by the way, in Proverbs, the way of wickedness is the way of death. The way of the unrighteous is the way of death. And that's what James is talking about here. James is wisdom, New Testament wisdom literature. And this is much like what we see in Proverbs. But it's not immediately when sin is conceived, the person dies. 
No, the sin must grow up. And when the sin is full grown, then it brings forth death. And so Zane Hodges, when he was teaching on this at Dallas Seminary, imagined a dealer at the blackjack table. And, you know, you get two cards face down, and then he starts throwing cards face up. Would you like a card? There you go. There you go. And he said every card that sin deals out says death, death, death. Would you like another card? Death. Would you like another card? Death. And the more cards you get, the closer your death becomes. And so the warning James is giving here is there's two options, blessedness or cursedness, being blessed with fullness of life or being cursed with a curtailed life. That's the options before every believer. The issue here is not everlasting life and everlasting death. And by the way, notice how the verses that follow this bear this out. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He doesn't refer to these people as unbelievers. These are brethren. And 14 times in the book, he calls them brethren. That is spiritual brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ. And to make that clear, he goes on to say, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Well, that's true of all gifts. It's certainly true of the gifts of blessedness in life. But now, James is going to talk about the greatest gift that any of us receive. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. These words brought us forth refer to the new birth of John chapter 3, to being born again. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. That is, we were born again by believing the word of truth. The word of truth is the promise of everlasting life that the Lord Jesus gives. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Okay, so everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has been born of God, has been born again, and has everlasting life. That life is permanent. The death of verse 15 does not somehow negate the new birth of verse 18. He's talking about physical death there. And one of the things a lot of people have the the naive conception of is that if I was sure that I was eternally secure no matter what I do in the future, then I would go out naturally and become an alcoholic or a cocaine addict or an immoral man, as though somehow... Indulging in a sinful lifestyle would be pleasurable. Well, the author of Hebrews does speak of the pleasure of sin, but he calls it the passing pleasure of sin. Any alcoholic or cocaine addict will tell you that the initial joys of getting drunk or high fade quickly, and it takes more and more and more just to be able to feel normal. There is no high unless you move on to higher drugs and higher drugs, and then you eventually die from an overdose. The wages of sin is death. That's physical death. 
And that is something which people reap if their sin becomes full grown. So the believer who strays into the far country like the prodigal son is on the path of death and we should never be there. Anybody who thinks that indulging in a sinful lifestyle would be something that anyone should want to do doesn't believe the scriptures. The scriptures are clear that God the Creator has the best life for us and following His path is the way to fullness of joy and to blessedness of life and to the crown of life. Well, I'm glad you uh, joined us. And remember, keep grace in focus. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, we return to the Romans series. Hope you'll join us. Until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.